We've got a lot of great sports journalists and analysts at TalkNorth.com. We only have a couple people who have actually been in the hot seats that we talk about so often. Cheryl Reeve, of course, and Jeff Diamond here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He worked his way up through the Vikings organization. He became a general manager. He became president of the Tennessee Titans. He's worked with agencies. He's worked with players. He's worked as a public speaker. He can offer so much perspective. I think that perspective is particularly valuable this week in a, in a week when the Vikings not only opened training camp, but a week where Quezé Odofa Mensa uh, did it, sat for an extensive interview where he was very honest, very open about his thoughts about his quarterback and his roster, and then and found himself later in the week basically apologizing for being honest and promising not to be so honest in the future. Jeff, you've been in that situation. You asked you you know you were good with the media. You were as open as you thought you could be. Uh, what is it like? to suddenly be the spokesperson for a franchise and have everything you say scrutinized to that level? And what did you think when you saw uh, Kwesi basically apologizing for being honest this week? Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was it was kind of interesting, kind of funny in, in a lot of respects. And I thought the very funny comment he made about his wife saying, maybe he should say a little bit less. <laughs> that, yep. that, that was funny. Um, I have a little different take on this because Kwesi's obviously a, a really bright guy. Yeah. And, I'm just kind of wondering that perhaps there's a, a method to the madness here, and and certainly him making a statement that that Kirk Cousins is no Brady or Mahomes, he's speaking the truth. Yes, <laughs> at least at this stage of Kirk's career, and who knows, Matthew Stafford made a big leap last year. Maybe Kirk can do it, but I just sometimes wonder when I hear something like that. Maybe Quasi is trying to light a fire under Kirk, and it's kind of when I speak in in uh, in negotiation classes to to colleges, and I talk about good cop bad cop negotiations where you've got a team negotiation, and and we did that occasionally down in Tennessee when I was uh, kind of the good cop and Floyd Reese, the GM, was maybe the bad cop in some respects. I'd come in and kind of rescue at the end of the day, but anyways. To me, in this situation, maybe O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, is the good cop talking up Kirk, talking positive hmm. about Kirk all the time. And maybe Quasi, maybe he's a little bit of the, playing the bad cop role, trying to light a fire under him. Or perhaps it was just him speaking very honestly and openly. But I just wonder if perhaps there was a little, as I said, method to the madness there and, and trying to light a fire under Kirk, who can be very emotional, as we know. <laughs> when, he, when he said, you like that, <laughs> to his, his Washington GM. <laughs> and so we'll just see how this all plays out. And yeah, it, it's good for media people, right, Jim? <laughs> well, it, it, the funny thing about it is it's kind of good and kind of bad. It, it's good that Quezzy is an interesting guy and a smart guy, and he's very quotable. The bad thing is he's been – he basically feels like he – burned himself or got burned by making honest public comments before his first training camp ever started and then immediately promised to go into a shell. So it's like, you know, that's what Chris Zinsky and I talked about it from a writer's perspective. It's like we love the people who have the guts to say what they really think, 
but in the modern media and social media landscape, people who are honest end up getting hammered. And <laughs> and so like so like even me who wants people who I spend a lot of time trying to get people to be honest with me, uh, even I acknowledge that it's not always in their best interest to actually say something honest because this is the reaction. Yeah, and 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 that's probably true. Exactly what you're saying, and maybe he will go into more of a shell and become more Spielman-like, shall we say? But uh, hopefully not. And I don't think he will because I think that his personality is more gregarious and outgoing. And I'm sure he's going to maybe not say such controversial things, but I think he'll be fairly enlightening. But as I said, maybe there was a little a little something below the surface here that he's trying to communicate to Kirk, like, okay, time to step up and, and we'll see how that, how that all works out. And it's, just, it's kind of funny in, in the context of, of Justin Jefferson's comments yesterday. And, he, and he's talking about, yeah, I'm not really too fond of money. And <laughs> I'm just focused on being the best receiver on a team and not stats. And, and I'm sure that the Viking front office folks kind of rolled their eyes at that one, as probably did most of the fan base, thinking, yeah, okay, okay, JJ, not really too fond of money. You know that you're going to be a 25 to $30 million a year player within a year uh, when he's eligible for a contract extension. And it, as long as he has a really another good year and doesn't have a, a major setback injury-wise, he's headed exactly to that. And so – yeah, I, I don't know that I don't know that Justin needed to go there with the I'm not really too fond of money quote, but again, kind of funny, kind of interesting and, and good media fodder. <laughs> I want to get more into that. I do want to introduce the show, though. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings NFL Insider. Jeff, of course, the former Vikings general manager. Our producer is Brian Burdett. This is TalkNorth.com. We recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It's the free, easy way to listen. You can always go to talknorth.com and just click on it and see the archives to all the other shows we have. Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Vel Neal, Roy Smalley, John Malay, John Krasinski, the list goes on and on. Uh, Mike Grimm, we just have great stuff. Uh, outdoor content too. Check it all out. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. And thank you to our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. And here, here's the thing, Jeff, is that so Quezzy said something, said things that were absolutely accurate and defensible. They just sounded weird coming from the general manager for a training camp comes and everybody overreacts to what a general manager says. You know, Justin Jefferson, I, I kind of get what he's saying. He's basically, I think what he's saying in without maybe saying it in enough words to really fully explain it is, hey, he's, if he stays healthy and plays well, he's going to make so much money during his career that, that he doesn't have to worry about it. You know, I mean, when you, when you are going to make 25 to $30 million, just if you stay healthy and are productive, you really don't have to, you know, and when he says he's not fond of money, I mean, I just think that if you are in a certain tax bracket, like a great NFL receiver, you don't have to think about money. And, and so I kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah, I think maybe the the verbiage he should have used was I'm not I'm not really too worried about money. <laughs> right. And rather than saying I'm not fond of money, because obviously it's part of the reason why a professional athlete plays the sport <laughs> is to get right. paid. And and he knows he's 
get paid. So it, it would have come out better if you said, I'm not focused on the money. I'm focused sure. on having a great year and the team. And so he, he just used the wrong word. And so we'll, we'll cut him some slack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I also think sometimes we need to recognize that we're covering athletes and it's not really their job to be linguists necessarily. Uh, let's go back to cousins here because you know, you, you brought up an interesting possibility that Quasi was trying to needle Cousins maybe a little bit, maybe play bad cop. Now we've been around Cousins for a while now. We've observed him as a public figure and a player. Do you think any motivation like that would actually work on Kirk Cousins? Well, it worked in Washington. We know that going back to the days when, when the Washington GM said some things and that it didn't go, didn't play well with Kirk and, and so back in the days when, when he was when he was competing for that starting position early in his career, and then and of course that famous after the game when he won a, a last minute victory and said you like that he screams in the GM's face, <laughs> and so we know he can be emotional. We saw him last year with Zimmer uh, on the sideline after after the Detroit game smacking Zimmer and Zimmer smacking him and <laughs> which was also a very humorous scene and so I, I think it can motivate Kirk I think that he is a a guy that perhaps likes to to ha have that kind of fire and even even though he seems very analytical out there and, and very buttoned down in his press conferences but which is why I kind of wonder about how this, how this, uh, this quote really will have an impact. I think it could. Interesting. Um, well, now that we're talking about the offense and training camp has begun, I do think it's really interesting that Zimmer, year after year, wanted to build the offense around Cook, wanted it to be a run-first offense that set up bootlegs and set up easy passes for Cousins. Do you sense that is changing under this offensive regime? Yeah, I think I think it is changing, and I, I think that the three wide receiver, even though Quinn Kubiak used a fair amount of three receiver receiver offense last year, especially when Irv Smith Jr. got hurt, but I think that's going to be the base offense this year when you look at the strength of the team and the tight end position with Conklin now at the Jets, and so really the strength is to to keep Jefferson Thielen and, and KJ Osborne on, on the field together. And, and I think they've got some other interesting players that can also fill in. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some four receiver sets that we saw in LA from time to time and around the league. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be different from that standpoint, but yet the running game is always important. And especially when you got a, a top flight back, such as Dalvin cook, and you got an excellent number two guy, in in Alexander Madison, a explosive third guy in in, in Wagu and Ty Chandler, who also is is a really really talented player, the fifth round pick. <clears throat> so there's a lot of <clears throat> interesting things that can happen offensively, and I I see that this offense is going to look different, and yet they're still going to run through Jefferson and Thielen predominantly. And Dalvin Cook, of course, and maybe Cook more in the passing game, as we as we have been surmising all along. Uh, well, I'm going to ask you the question then. Uh, we're looking at an offense that led to Cooper Cup setting a record for receptions. 
an offense that was otherwise pretty diverse. Um, after after this commercial break, I'm going to ask Jeff which offensive player will benefit most from being in this system with Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips. First, we do want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gattrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running, with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website. We always talk about the WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and you'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500 and reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. Don't wait. Also, reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. If you'd like to advertise with this show or our network, which continues to grow, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Uh, and then you can advertise with us the way TSR Injury Law does, 612-TSR-TIME. Uh, actually, Steve Terry always tells me to keep his ads short because it's very simple. If you are injured, you need good help. If you want to deal with a reputable company that wins lots of cases, TSR Injury Law has become an amazing business success story because they win so many cases. They will not charge you unless they win your case. It is no risk. It is high reward. We don't want you to need an injury lawyer, but if you need one, you're going to want the best. TSR Injury Law 612 TSR Time. All right. So which offensive skill position player do you think will benefit most from working in this system? Well, I think I have to go with Justin Jefferson, even though I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a another great year. And I think Cousins will elevate his performance. But Jefferson, when you think about the Cooper Cup role that Kevin O'Connell envisions for, for Justin, I think that, that he's going to have a, a huge year and will be the, the focal point on offense, as he should be. He, he's such a talented player and a superior receiver. So to me, he's the guy that's, that's really going to benefit. I think maybe under the radar a little bit, it, it could be Irv Smith Jr. if he can stay healthy, hopefully, because I, I do think there'll be so much attention from defenses on Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook that Irv Smith Jr. will have a, a good opportunity to work one-on-one, -on -one, mostly against linebackers and safeties. And he, he's such a talented guy that I think he could really have a, a terrific year, which would be good timing for him since he's – He's a potential uh, free agent after this season. This is his fourth year. And K.J. Osborne's another guy that, that will benefit from all the attention on, on Jefferson and Thielen. And, and maybe to a certain extent, Adam will, because perhaps the coverage will roll a little bit more towards Jefferson and give Thielen opportunities to work one-on-one, -on -one, especially in the red zone where he is so talented. So it's a lot of guys, but I think number one is going to be Jefferson because it, it was amazing to me how you know you knew Cooper Cup was going to get the ball, but they still found ways to get him open. And 
and I think we've talked about this before, but in that Viking Ram game last year, close game that the Vikings were, were certainly in the running in that ball game in, I think it was December, early December and a couple key plays cup uh, on third down, they got him matched up uh, against Mackenzie Alexander, the Vikings uh, slot corner one-on-one and Cup makes a huge play for a huge first down that helps win the game. And you think, oh, how can you not double cover him in that situation? Well, they figured out a way with motion or whatever. And and so I, I think they're going to find ways to get Jefferson open like that. My question regarding that would be, isn't Thielen more likely to run the kinds of routes that Cup really uh, – excelled in which is the quick in and out the underneath the catch and run you know it i mean if you're trying to decide who's going to who's going to run intermediate and deeper routes and who's going to run the underneath stuff wouldn't Thielen be the person who would benefit from the underneath stuff well i think they both do i think i think justin does a lot of that too and and a lot of the quick flanker screens and those type of things that that justin has not necessarily been a guy who runs a lot of deep routes he's he's not tyree kill running downfield all the time, running go patterns, and he'll do that from time to time. But I think Thielen and, and Jefferson are very similar in that regard with those quick routes. And and so I, I think that either one of them could do that there in, in that respect. And and I think they'll both be able to do that and be able to play that kind of that cup role, that, that cup caught so many balls, those short balls. And But Justin is certainly a guy, a guy that's going to do that a lot too. We're going to come back to the Vikings. Let's hit some NFL notes here. Uh, Kyler Murray signs a mega deal, and I tend to not overreact to the size of contracts because they all get dwarfed eventually by newer contracts. But what did strike me was they're paying him extra to guarantee that he will actually study and study without music or a TV on, and that seems very strategic and it seems to be aimed at the way he used to study or not study. And to me, there's a catch-22 in there. You really want to give this much money to somebody who you aren't confident would study? Uh, I mean, the, the position of NFL quarterback, even, even the guys who don't succeed at it work incredibly hard at it and study like crazy. Uh, it's hardly ever a lack of diligence that leads to a lack of success in that position. Ever, they're all workaholics. Are you concerned, if, or should you be concerned if you're the Cardinals, that you have to put that kind of a clause in the contract? Yeah, it's kind of like a workout clause, and you you do worry about that a little bit from that, that perspective, as you said, that it really should not be necessary, especially when a guy's getting that kind of money that and, and that he has the responsibility on his shoulders, as Kyler Murray does, and he's got a lot to prove because he's never won a playoff game, and the Cardinals kind of swooned late in the season last year, and he did too. And from that perspective, it's, it was a, not necessarily surprising that he got this deal, but it just seems seems like a bit of a stretch. And, it, of course, it was all predicated on Deshaun Watson's ridiculous, fully guaranteed $230 million contract, and Murray gets another whatever half million dollars above that he didn't get the 230 million guaranteed he got 160 which i think he can get by on but clearly the the watson contract more than aaron Rodgers or patrick mahomes contract it was the watson contract that really has skewed the market and made things very difficult for for gms such as as kime in arizona 
and such as in in Baltimore where they're dealing with the Lamar Jackson situation. And and so my my first reaction when I saw that that particular clause being reported was who leaks that? <laughs> and usually you don't necessarily hear about those things, although there's not much not much uh, surprise in contracts anymore in terms of, of keeping things under the radar. But it, it kind of reminded me, going back to when I, I was in Tennessee and after my Titans years and I was doing a lot of media work down there, there were these kind of rumblings about Vince Young, who was Rookie of the Year with the Titans. and then the rumblings were, yeah, he doesn't work at it, he doesn't study hard, he just likes to party and hang out, and and perhaps the Titans would have liked to have had this clause in Vince Young's contract because he flamed out after a couple of years there, unfortunately for him. Very talented guy, as we know from his Texas quarterback days. Uh, and so, yeah, Kyler Murray still has a lot to prove in the league and ha- has been overpaid as so many quarterbacks are. I, I think about a guy like, I think we talked about this last week, Josh Allen uh, in in Buffalo. And he he's uh, now the, whatever the, he, he was the third highest paid quarterback when he signed his deal, deservedly so. And now I think he's fifth highest and could be headed to sixth if, if Jackson gets a deal. And then you got Joe Burrow coming up and, and you've got, uh, Herbert in, in L.A. at the Chargers, and those guys will probably surpass Josh Allen. So kind of crazy how the, how the quarterback market is working. But that certainly is a very interesting clause. I've never seen it before <laughs> or heard of it. I still remember back in the early 90s, Kirby Puckett became the highest paid player in baseball, making uh, $6 million a year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, at that time, NFL quarterbacks are probably making about $5 million a year. It's, it's, it's remarkable what has happened to the league and, and the marketplace. Uh, what, and speaking of quarterbacks, uh, what do you think is going on with Jimmy Garoppolo now? Yeah, I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, is, that's a fascinating situation to watch in San Francisco. He's in the last year of his contract, $25 million base salary and, and roster bonus this year. And obviously the 49ers have made it very clear that Trey Lance is the guy and that they want to trade Garoppolo, and they're if they can get it done, they'll pick up twenty-five million dollars of salary cap room, which is, which would really help them to get an extension done for for Bosa, who's the, one of their key guys on defense. Um, and so Nick Bosa, we're talking about. Clearly, they want to trade Garoppolo, and he is has been cleared to return to practice but he's not practicing because they don't want him to get hurt and they don't want to release him because if they release him, I think the first call is going to be made is to Seattle and the Seahawks definitely, I would think would be interested in picking him up that he would be an upgrade over Geno Smith or Drew Locke clearly. And so I'm sure San Francisco wants to kind of slow play this a little bit unless somebody jumps out with a big offer, <clears throat> which where is, it, where is that going to come from at this stage unless, unless a quarterback has a major injury in training camp. So they want to slow play this in case they do have to release him later in camp and Seattle does pick him up. Well, they want to make this as long as, as late as possible in camp so it makes it tougher for Garoppolo to pick up the the new system in Seattle and especially because 
week two at Seattle at San Francisco. So mm-hmm. the Garoppolo situation, definitely one to watch through August. No doubt. Hey, Jeff, when uh, I was covering you as a Vikings executive and general manager, holdouts were a big deal. What is this new trend of hold-ins? Yeah, that, that's a little bit of a new trend, too. And that we, we never dealt with that in the past. And where, where a player reports but does not practice while the contract his contract is being negotiated. And we've got three players in that mode right now around the league, DK Metcalf in Seattle, the receiver, Debo Samuel, the receiver running back in San Francisco, and Derwin James, great safety of the Chargers. And so they're hoping for new deals to get done and have reported to camp in good faith. And I'm sure they're sitting in on the meetings doing all the mental reps, but not physically because they, they don't want to take a chance on getting hurt. So the hold in is a relatively new addition to, to the NFL negotiation arsenal, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it makes a lot of sense and it's probably a better way for both sides to do it because, you know, if, uh, at least you get the player, you know, in shape and in meetings and kind of keeping up with things. And I think the physical work sometimes is the most overrated part of training camp and, and practices. So it's probably a, a decent development. Uh, now let's, let's talk about the green Bay Packers. The uh, first team, the Vikings will play for real this year. Uh, what are the injury situation looking like over there right now? Yeah, I think it's, it's very cloudy for the Packers, which is good news for the Vikings for the opener week one, September 11th here. And especially on their offensive line where you've got David Bakhtiari, who's their all pro left tackle. And he missed basically all last year, except for 20 some snaps recovering from an ACL injury, which in the press conferences this week, the the GM and coach said it, it was a lot more serious than just an ACL injury. There was a lot more going on in that knee, and Bakhtiari says it's been a nightmare, but he feels like he's on track to return, and but very questionable whether he'll be ready to go week one. We'll see. Perhaps he will be. And then Jenkins, Elgin Jenkins, also a Pro Bowl guard tackle, is on PUP, physically, physically unable to perform as he returns from an ACL injury. So the Packers' offensive line, is in a little bit of a, a turmoil at this point, which is good news for the Vikings and especially for Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith as they look forward to that week one game, especially Smith, you know that, being the ex-Packer. And they've also got a really good tight end, Robert Tanyan, coming off a in- major injury. And I think it's all part of the reason why, Jim, and, and I know we're not getting necessarily into predictions yet, but I, I think the Vikings have a very good chance of, and right now I'm picking them to win that opener against Green Bay just because there's so much uncertainty in Green Bay. And at the receiver position too, Sammy Watkins is on non-football injury. They say it's not serious. He should be back soon. But but Christian Watson, the second-round receiver, had a mi- minor knee surgery in June, and, and he is also opening on, on PUP. And so that may be later in camp before he can get back. And so you certainly think for a rookie, he's missing all those reps with Rodgers. And how how will he be able to be real effective in the opener? I, I think it all shapes up pretty well for the Vikings in week one. 
and and the Packers have those two rookie first round picks. That's going to take some time for them to be really effective, and I think it'll be a lot different story on January first in green in Green Bay at Lambeau Field when the Packers should be full, more healthy. We'll see about Bakhtiari though. He he's got to be a big concern, making big money, one of the highest paid tackles in the league, and and they've got a big problem there. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to watch, and uh, it's it's fun to actually be talking about real games already, isn't it? Uh, let's let's get Jeff's uh, just final thought on what he thinks about the opening of training camp and what he's seen so far. Once again, thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to TSR Injury Law. Uh, thanks to Brianne Burdett, and thanks to Karen Cleary, our sales our sales executive. Uh, thank you for listening to TalkDork.com. Check out all the other shows. We do appreciate it. So just, you know, give me your general impressions on uh, spending some time at camp so far. Yeah, I think that a, a big positive for the Vikings is that Irv Smith Jr. and Andrew Booth Jr. are both fully participating and both made big plays at the first camp practice. Smith caught a TD pass from Cousins in, in team drills. And Booth made a, a sliding interception on Cousins while covering Justin Jefferson. And that's a great sign that Andrew Booth Jr. is is making plays coming off that, that hernia surgery that he had. And the big concern, can he stay healthy? And can he beat out Cam Dantzler for the starting outside corner job opposite Patrick Peterson? I think if Booth stays healthy, and I, I watched him a little bit in minicamp, I'll be watching him more closely in training camp especially next week when the pads come on. And I think he can win that starting job and should win that starting job over Dantzler if he can stay healthy. And that's got to be a big focal point for the Vikings on defense is that Andrew Booth Jr., who's a very talented corner, had had a lot of first-round grades on him if he can stay healthy. And it kind of reminds me, Jim, a lot of the fun of, of training camp for me back in the day was kind of watching some of these great battles in camp of of the great players. And I think about Gary Zimmerman against Chris Dolman, for example, in one-on-ones. John Randall versus Randall McDaniel. Those were all future Hall of Famers. And those were just classic that you would watch them compete in, in training camp and, and made them all better players. And for a guy like Booth to be able to cover Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen every day, if he can stay on the field, it's just going to make him a better player, and I think that's a, a, a huge positive for them. And and I guess my fi- other final thought is, Jim, what do you think about the Twins pitchers having 10 walks against the Brewers? <laughs> I don't usually talk baseball on our show, but that one kind of floored me. I, I texted my son, and I said, I don't remember your Little League team ever having that many walks in a game. That's kind of like a quarterback throwing four, 20 straight incompletions. <laughs> Well, it's also like uh, saying that the Aaron brothers combined hit a lot of home runs. Uh, Chris Archer walked six in three innings. So, yeah, the relievers walked too many, four and four, five innings or whatever is bad. But the starting pitcher can't walk six in three <laughs> innings. You can't do that. And now that, you know, the Twins are very in a very interesting juncture here. I'm going to be writing about it here over the weekend. Uh, they're in first place. And there's no way this pitching staff is going to last the season. So they have to make some deals. Uh, they And now we all knew they needed relief pitching. Now they need starting pitching as well. So this, this front office is up against it the next few days. 
Kind of like the Paul Simon song, right, Jim? Slip sliding away. Yes, that, it, it feels like that. Now, now, you know, it also felt that way in late July of 2019 when the Yankees came to town there and the Twins blew up their entire bullpen and started over. And guess what? They won 101 games that year. So teams can be fixed midseason, but there's definitely fixing that needs to be done. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And it'll be fun out of camp next week and looking forward to it. We'll talk about it next week when they have some padded practices. There aren't a lot of padded practices this year, only 11 when they could have done 16. And Kevin O'Connell says, I'm going to save my team the physical wear and tear of camp. And so, but but he said, when we go, we're going to go. And I think starting Monday, they're going to be going. Give, it'll just give us more to talk about. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brian. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We will be back to tell you what's happening at camp next week.